Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am your host, Jay Williams, and I'm joined by another one of your hosts, Robbie Helene. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. What was wrong with that? Was that not enthusiastic enough? No, it's fine. I just can't hear you very well. Um, so we're, <laughs> that's, that's going to make audio recording difficult if you it, can't hear me. I don't know. Also, I can't be sure if that was a bit or a reel. So yeah. it's difficult to know how to move forward. Yeah, well, you're ju- we're just going to move forward. And we have to move forward because last week um, I got feedback from somebody that I won't name. Um, we'll just say uh, she's my wife. And she said, uh, this wife, I'm using air quotes, Okay, um, said, uh, and I asked about the, she said she listened to the podcast and I, or I asked her if she listened to the podcast because I wasn't sure if it had posted or whatever. And she said, you mean the one about wingspan? And I, I was like, what? I thought. That's a board game, right? Right. That is a board game. So Jeff and I are, you know, our normal intro banter we started talking about the game wingspan and it wasn't, I did not think it was very long. This person, um, her, her feedback was, it was, it was almost the entire podcast. <laughs> so that just made me that think, okay, excessive. I, I think it was an exaggeration. You should I not talk about a board game. Um, that long. Well, no, 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 we, we didn't. Oops. I just hit. Uh, we, we did not talk about it for that long. Um, but what I did catch was sometimes maybe our banter gets too long. And, um, now that could have been because it was Jeff and I bantering. Maybe you, maybe people have a higher tolerance when you are involved in the bantering. That almost certainly is not the case. Maybe not. But, um, so we should jump in. Let's jump in. And we should, we should jump in by virtue of this. You, you had some interesting feedback. You were back with the kids this week, right? I was. So you had to listen to the sermon afterwards. I did. Yeah. And do you want to tell everyone what your feedback was? Okay, I'll do it. You said, you said, and I quote, because it was it, it was a shorter sermon than people are used to from me. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to what degree you are going to misrepresent yeah, I, my not comment. Gonna, I, I we'll we'll see. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. So it was a shorter sermon than is normal for me, and yes, and so, so much so that it sent the children's ministry classroom into complete disarray because they thought they had like 15 more minutes of time to yeah to do stuff yeah and and so that was known and you know and a couple of people joked with me about it or whatever and i kind of i'm i'm trying to be more efficient in that way and um and so yeah i thought that was fine and you said man that was great i don't know why you ever preach longer than that which was misrepresentation no, no, number no, 1 no, no. which clearly meant you were basically like, man, a third of your sermons are typically just garbage that can just be easily dismissed, and it's just fluff. And so what, you should always just preach the best two-thirds of your sermons. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. There's a lot of extensive paraphrase going on it's here. It's the amplified version is, of this. Is, oh, it's, it is amplified, yeah. also falsified. <laughs> it's, it's the yeah, falsified potato, version. Potato. Uh, I said we. I clearly said we, we. including myself, oh. in the idea of uh, you. And it oh, was, I'm sorry. Did you preach that sermon and too? And as you know, it was said in the context of that it was it was such a great 
like it was like the perfect amount of content it was good it was rich it was concise but it was like full like so it was i just <laughs> felt like this is um like you and i both struggle sometimes with like feeling like oh man did we get enough content in there and uh or or you know we both have the habit of going off of our notes and ending up you know on a rabbit trail here and there and um and it just like you didn't feel tied to your notes but it but it felt um like i don't know just i i loved like your passion and enthusiasm for the content so it just felt like you getting up there and like it didn't feel like you were on notes at all um but it just felt like really um it gave it gave me a lot of time to actually process the information so i love that man i thought you did a really great job but you can misinterpret that however you please so no i mean what i hear you saying is oh okay <laughs> here we go so this is i think this is the uh, not getting to the point part yeah like, i think it is i think we was. in getting to the point we didn't get to the point so the 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 point is i think we all agree we all understand that i always preach 15 minutes too long and that robbie and I, does not like 33 percent no. of your content right and um it is i mean it is true you and i have the harder time Every time Jeff or Christoph preaches, I think, man, they always, I never feel cheated by their sermons and they're always, no. um, but I think um, I'm just more rambling by nature. If you did a word count, I also talk faster than those two. So, man, I've got to be saying twice as many words. Yeah, you and me both. I I am regularly uh, cautioned that I am speaking too quickly and that I can be difficult to keep up with. So yeah, I, yeah. I'm 50% more time and 100% more words than Jeff and Christoph. And so this is just rich with irony as we begin this podcast around like minute 12. Uh huh. Correct. Holy we're God. demonstrating. We're, we're demonstrating. So we kicked off the Acts series. So this year we are going to go through the book of Acts. And we actually have it planned out, which may surprise people. We have some planned detours as well. Um, yeah. But I'm really excited about this series. So I was I was excited to uh, to kick it off. So go ahead. Let me have it. What did you, what what came up in your mind? You're supposed to be asking me that, I think, but we're out of practice. I am. We are out of practice. We're out of rhythm here. It's been the holiday season has thrown us out of practice. Um, I... I I, I just found it so uh, in, in encouraging and convicting, and what a what a great reminder to come back to that reality that that what we see happening in this book is the result of a group of people who are radically transformed by the reality of the resurrection. Like these are these are resurrection people, and um, and and your point that if if Jesus was just a good teacher then they would have just incorporated some of their teachings into his into their lives and generally gone about their business which was actually really common at the time and you know you've got the stoics you've got other philosophers like it was really common for people to kind of glom onto a way of thinking and just kind of incorporate that into their lives but this is a group of people that that were changed so radically and so counterculturally that ultimately it ends up reshaping the entire culture around them um like that's that's extraordinary and that doesn't happen apart from something as striking as the resurrection because there's all kinds of dudes walking around pretending to be the messiah like that wasn't actually that uncommon at the time but then when those guys die all their followers go well we had a good run and then they go about their business <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but jesus dies 
um, but then inexplicably does not stay dead. And so that that changes everything. Um, I was curious as I was listening to it, as you're going through the, those notes, as you're, um, uh, you know, kind of mapping out over the course of the week what you're going to be communicating and you're thinking about that idea of understanding that, you know, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus changes everything. And when you actually believe that, that changes everything. What was coming to your mind? Like, are things in your in your own heart, in your own life, your own habits, like something that stuck out? Like, man, that is true. And what does that mean for this? That's a good question, which is what people say when they can't think of an answer. Hey, I do that that's, all the time. Yeah, that's a good question. I So I think that what struck me in preparing this was that it says you know, Jesus was with them for 40 days and offered many proofs. And I kind of yeah. wonder why, why don't we get to see some more of those proofs? I mean, we get, we just get such a brief glimpse of that. Also, what other proofs are necessary? Like when the right. dead guy walks in the room, it's well, like, I was dead. Also, I, I can juggle. Like what, like what else is he doing? That's, <laughs> that's like, what's the additional proof that's needed once the resurrected dude walks into the room well we see that through accounts right like him walking like appearing in the room so it's yeah it's both this and then eating fish and so it's this i love that I, that's so is there is there a more mundane miracle than a guy eating fish and yet that's so extraordinary and otherworldly right yeah i think i think it is it is all these demonstrations of yeah i actually was dead I am in a glorified state, but I am still very physical. Um, I'm not just a ghost. I'm not a spirit. I'm not a you know, figment of your imagination because figments of imagination don't eat fish. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting, like everything. I mean, I guess for me, I just see this as this is when it all clicks. And I also, I was struck by thinking about Luke writing this intro after all the things in Acts have happened. This is not an ongoing journal that he's, you know, this isn't day one, this happened. It is now that he is writing the story of the early church, he's going back to the beginning of it and and just remembering this is the foundational piece. And so I think what it, what clicks for me and what makes what it makes me think of is how often we reduce Christianity to a set of beliefs or a set of mm-hmm. values, set of morals. And we talk about this all the time. None of those things matter. They are all they all fit into a totally different category if Jesus doesn't raise from the dead. Right. And and so we are resurrection people and we we should always be in awe of and remember that this is the foundation of everything else that we believe happened. And it's the reason why we believe what Jesus said was actually true. It's the reason why we believe that what he says he will do, he'll actually do. This is the evidence of all of that. And and when the resurrection has been debated, like you have the very famous line uh, from Paul where where the resurrection was being debated, and he was saying if if the resurrection isn't isn't real, then we are still dead in our sins, that we are above all men to be most pitied. And nothing else matters in that point. It's it's all about the resurrection. And um and so I just I just thought it was good as we, you know, when you first had that outline and, and you said the foundation of the church, I was thinking I was thinking so many directions of what would I say is the foundation of the church. 
it was really good to just read those first few verses of Acts and realize very clearly, oh, this is the foundation. The foundation yeah. is the resurrection. Yeah. Like, the giving of the Holy Spirit, the resurrection of Jesus, that is that is the beginning of the church. And and I just think it's you know, we we just sometimes live a little detached from it, forgetting that every Sunday we're celebrating the resurrection. Hmm. Um, because it's the reason why we know all the other things that we sing about or preach about or, you know, demonstrate to one another. It's it's how we know that it is far more than just a philosophy or a belief system. Yeah. Every Sunday, not just Easter. Right. Yeah. Easter is like Super Sunday. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that's 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 so good. And I I I appreciated the like for me, some of the most the, the points that that are often the most jarring to me are the ones that are the most simple. Um, that's why C.S. Lewis uh, is so impactful for me. Like he's yes, he's brilliant, but he's able to say things in such a simple way that it's almost jarring how obvious it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so when you like you you had just kind of it wasn't even like a main point, but you had just kind of an offhanded comment about. Uh, well, why why didn't the the early church like revolt against Rome? And your answer was simply because Jesus didn't tell them to do that. And I was reminded of uh, I don't remember who said it, but I didn't. It certainly wasn't me that came up with it. I read it somewhere, but I don't. I didn't remember it well enough to know who said it. But um, the they made the point that uh, that the early church was and and we as as an extension of that are are not insurrectionists we are resurrectionists mm. like our job is not to overthrow culture our job is to is to embody the resurrection and as a result of that what typically happens is it reshapes culture but when we try to flip those around when we yes. try to uh to take on the role of no 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 we're going to attack culture we end up not living as those who have been transformed by the resurrection and then therefore are completely ill effective at uh, at actually having an impact on culture um, because we're doing it wrong. Because if, if that would have been the best way to do that, then Jesus would have both modeled that and taught that. But your point is we don't do that because Jesus told us not to do that and, and gave us a better way. Uh, of simply saying abide in me and so as you said earlier in this podcast it's not about following certain doctrines or or rules it's ultimately about following a person and and paul says man if the resurrection didn't happen then we're fools but if it did happen then that changes literally everything yeah and it's it is an interesting thing to me that we know Jesus didn't want the disciples to go and try to overthrow the Roman government or the Jewish authorities and leaders, uh, partly based on his being on the cross where he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We see we see it there. But yeah, can you imagine? I mean, if this was a Hollywood movie and the, you know, if it's Braveheart and all of a sudden William Wallace is up walking out of the grave after they've you know tortured and killed him then they're storming the 
castle walls. Like they're storming the, and everyone's freaking out and laying down their swords because that guy just came out of the grave. Like he could have done that. Like imagine if he goes back to Pontius Pilate, um, there's, but he doesn't just as he talks about the kingdom Hmm. and it's because it's, it's the kingdom is so much bigger than all these other footnotes. And, and it's, it's good for us to remember that, that that is what Jesus talks about. And that's what the main point is. And that we are, that, that our, our historical context is a tiny blip. And that, so we are choosing this story that is eternal and is driving everything through the history of the world and for all eternity, or this very, very tiny story, um, this very tiny narrative that is, that is a blip that will be forgotten, you know, in no time. And I like just reminding ourselves of how much bigger the story is, how much bigger the kingdom of God is than, you know, the, the things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis or our own governments or political things. Um, but then also remembering that because of the resurrection, we know that that kingdom is actually, it is at hand, like in the power of the Holy Spirit, it is at hand and it is in Jesus is returning and that really should completely change the way that we live, but it doesn't all the time. Like, why do you, why do you think that is that we, I mean, I think functionally we often live as though we are not empowered by the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. And we often kind of view our faith or we don't live in, in that kind of boldness no. that our Jesus actually rose from the dead. Why do you think that's so, why is it so easy to just kind of, I mean, how do we, how do we fall into kind of forgetfulness over that? And why is it so easy to do? I mean, well, as you were talking, the question, the the question that came up is how, you know, you mentioned we, we're just a blip and, and, and fixating kind of on our own little narrative limits us. Um, I think that's how that happens, right? In, in our focusing on my own little narrative, the only the only evidence I'm looking at is my own experience, um, my own fears, my own anxieties, my own desires, my own loves, like, and and how that's affected or not. Um, so as as people who are era grown, right? Like we're we we are a part of the the era that we exist in, right? And we're shaped by that. It's kind of baked in in a sense that. Um, that I only know what I know. I only know what I experience and, and things outside of my experience feel very foreign to me. And like, that's true. Not, I mean, not just of the era, but even within our, our own personal context in like country neighborhood family, like you, that, that zooms down pretty tight because the reality is like, we can say, man, it's really hard. I feel really detached from, you know, the early church 2000 years ago well, yeah, I also feel a little detached from somebody who currently lives in the Ukraine, and I don't really understand their experience today. And the reality is I, I feel that same kind of detachment from somebody who lives two doors down, whose family is very different from mine. And so most of our existence like, is, is microscopic. So how do we get outside of that, our own little tiny narrative, how do we how do we reorient ourselves to see this big picture that is happening to see the the meta narrative that is over all of creation 
and and understand that I I might be a blip, I might be a mist that's that's here one day and gone the next, but I am a part of this thing that is so much bigger that is connecting me with people across millennia. How how do I get outside of myself and and connect myself to that? Does that even make sense? Yeah, it's just it's just heavy and it's big. I th- and I think I think one reason I mean what pops in my head as you're saying that is that we have to ask ourselves the question of do we want this to be true? I think that's the most important question. Right. Because I don't I'm not going to make any effort whatsoever to get outside of my own little blip if I don't want to. Right. Like there there has to be something in me that wants to be a part of something bigger that I would that I would want to put in the work to intentionally change my perspective. And we see that, and we will see that as we go through Acts, and we see it in the early church that they, that those same issues and questions came up then. The, this idea of, I want to live my own story, and I like the idea of God as long as he's helping with my story. Yeah. That that's been going on since the beginning of time. I mean, that is that is the garden. I mean, they I love all this stuff. Love that we get to hang out with you, but but I want to I want to be like you, and I want to know good from evil in that way, and I want to, and, and we we continue to do that, and so we do have to be really honest with ourselves. Of do we want, um, do we want that story to be true, and do we want to be to have our lives defined by being a part of that. And I think we are just so, we're so good at meshing things together and kind of qualifying things and redefining things and um, that we barely even notice that we're doing it. But I do think, I do think that getting to a place where understanding that in that early church, I'm sure there were people who, um, probably were counting the cost and looking at Jesus resurrected and thinking, "Oh man, this this is different than what I thought." Um, yeah, and you can't really unsee that. But but you're gonna have people. You're gonna run into people in Acts who who try to do that. Who try to um, still use like they were running. For example, they were creating a, a narrative for themselves that was about being in power. And so they went from being critics of Jesus or whatever to presumably then being a part of the early church. Obviously, in the early church, there were a lot of people who did not stand with Jesus before his death, but post-resurrection jumped on that side of things. And there were people who then did that um, and with running their own narrative in mind or wanting to still be Mm -hmm. kind of exacting that religious authority And so we see that happening in the early church. We see all kinds of divisions based around those things. And I think you're, what you're running into is that constant clash of which story am I going to live? Am I going to live this, this bigger one, or am I going to live the, the small one uh, of mine? And, and some people live that small one in such a stark contrasted way to the gospel and to the kingdom of God. That it's very clear that they're not believers. And then other people live their small story in such a way that it looks very much, it looks like a Christian flavored version of that story. And, um, but they don't really, they don't really want the, the meta narrative of scripture and of the gospel to be fully true because then that would change 
that would change. It would kind of destroy. It would it would swallow up my own story. Yeah, I mean it's costly. I mean Jesus' parable is that the man finds the treasure right. in the field, and then sells all that he owns in order to purchase that field. Right. So I think a lot of us get a glimpse of that treasure and think, "Ooh, that sounds really awesome." But then when we go home to sell our stuff, we're like, "Ee, but I really like my stuff." Mm-hmm. Like, so maybe I can just like imagine how awesome that field is, and it's almost like I have it, um, but I get to keep all of my stuff. And and what's like really what that's demonstrating is I just I don't believe the treasure in the field is better. I think my stuff is better. I. So, I mean, to your point in the sermon that that if we, there is an element of not pursuing this demonstrates we don't actually believe that it's real, at least not in a way that is, that has any sort of impact um, in our habits, in our desires, in our pursuits. Like, if I truly believe that that treasure is the most valuable thing, then not only does it not feel like a sacrifice to sell my stuff in order to get it, like it says in his joy, he sold all of his stuff so that he could buy this field because he desired the treasure more than his stuff. That That's the hard part. It is, the treasure wasn't his, you know, it was intangible, right? It wasn't, it wasn't his, his stuff was tangible. And I think it's just so easy to fall into the trap of, well, this is what's in front of me. That other thing feels intangible, and so it feels like less. It feels less valuable, and so it, that the sacrifice that's required in order to attain it and delight in it seems like a lot of unnecessary effort, pain, painful effort, right? Yeah, I mean that. You, why would you want to give up what it costs if it's not worth it? Yeah, I mean it's it is this very the simple basic story here is that Jesus brings the kingdom. It costs everything to be a part of it, and it's worth it. It, it because it is infinitely better than w- our own personal kingdom that we had before. I mean, that's the the treasure in the field is just it's just that, and we we try to make it really complex, and we try to, um, you know, we immediately want to jump to okay, but are you are you saying this? Are you saying that? Are you saying you got to make sure you have these foundational statements? And I think. Um, you know, we're going to run into this week after week and going through acts because we're going to see the church do things that are going to be very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and we're going to have a hard time understanding how to apply it to our current situation because we don't live at the turn of the millennia, like, um, in, in Rome, mm-hmm. you know, we, we live where we live and we live when we live and and that's super profound. People should write that down. And and if we don't look at that, if we don't if we don't have a, a lens to see that through or to understand that we actually have more um, more in common with them than we have different from them, then it then it could just get reduced down to okay. Well, they sold everything they had. Well, obviously, I can't do that. So where are we going for lunch? Like I'm just going to move on yeah. and I'm just going to say, well, I, I'm not doing that. And so we we start more with what am I going to do or what am I, what am I willing to do or not willing to do? But that is starting with me as at the center of the story, rather than saying, here I am, Lord, like, what are you asking of me? Um, we just, we don't tend to do that. And mm-hmm. every time we 
make that choice every time we sit there and we hear an uncomfortable testimony or story and it makes us uncomfortable and we think like, oh, am I supposed to do that? Am I, am I not supposed to do that? I don't really want to do that. We, we need to understand and, and, and confront that and say, okay, that's because I'm starting with my own story as kind of the central part. Yeah. Rather than saying, okay, well, did Jesus raise from the dead? All right, well then, Lord, whatever. Here I am. Mm. Send me. And if you if you're gonna ask me to do something that I am gonna struggle to do, like then give me the faith to do it. Give me grace to to do it. I'm gonna trust you that you're gonna help me do that when it's time to do that. Rather than starting off with, well, obviously I'm not gonna do that. Hmm. Does that make sense? I don't know, man. I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is the most complicated podcast we could possibly do after what was a very straightforward sermon. <laughs> That's because we saved it all for the podcast. The we people did. listening to the podcast, Jay, want us to debate deep philosophical and theological things. They don't want to have to listen to that, that? I think on a Sunday morning. I think you're giving us too much credit to say that that's what we're actually doing. I'm right trying now. to be an encourager. It's 2022. One of my resolutions is to be an encourager. Be, <laughs> be Bar- you... Barnabas. I don't even know what to do with that right now. And you started off by telling me I should always delete a third of my sermon. That's you. That's you you and I both know that that's not what I said. It's a callback, though. <laughs> So how do we even help people? Okay, great. So we just talked around in circles about this and about the the kingdom and, and is it like this bigger story and how it's all demonstrated and proven by the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Well, how do I even confront my belief about that or what do I do with that then today? That was a question for you. For me? Oh, yeah. I see. I see. I thought that was a rhetorical. No, I wasn't setting myself up. Um, I... That's a really good question, Jay. It's a good callback. It's a callback. I got a callback. It's good. Um, what do we do about that today? I mean, isn't that what we just so clearly and concisely established <laughs> over the last twenty minutes? Um, I, I mean, I mean, you mentioned the sermon. I think, I think, first of all, it's 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 deciding: do I b- actually believe this? And if so, how's how is that changing? my desires like what i what i want what i pursue what i what i treasure um i mean it's as simple as basic as that sounds i have to ask myself that because i do exactly what i want to do i make time for the things that i want and so when i get to the end of the day and i go man i really wasted a lot of my time today it's not because somebody forced me to do something I didn't want to do. In that moment, I did exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I just chose poorly. And in hindsight, I look back and I go, that was dumb. That was a waste of time. And and that was bad. But in that moment, I chose precisely what I wanted to do. And so I need to say, why do I want that more than I want something of value? And, and, and so what you drew us to last Sunday was... Do I actually believe that the resurrection is a thing? Like, did that happen? And if so, how big of a deal do I actually think it is? <laughs> because <laughs> if I think it's not that big a deal, um, well, then it's not going to really have any sort of effect on my life at all. And uh, and not thinking that the resurrection is a big deal is a pretty big deal. Um if I do think it's a big deal, well, then I have to say, how, how does my life reflect that? 
Um, what do I need to change to keep that on the forefront of my mind? What are the desires that clearly don't align with that? And, and how can I begin to realign those things with what I actually believe? Um, I don't know. Does that make, does that help? Yeah, I think so. And I think, I think the simple, when I just think about that and say, okay, what, what one thought could I give somebody to help in this is what my mind goes to is remembering that every moment, every place that I am, and we'll talk about this next Sunday too, that it is, it is God ordained. It is a part of this larger story. So if I go out to eat and I think the driving narrative is, is Jay goes and eats, eats lunch out at this restaurant, then I'm going to live like that. And then if the food isn't what I wanted it to be, I'm going to be bummed about that. If I, if the service was poor, any of those things, if the driving narrative is the, is Jay goes out for lunch, then those are the things that are going to matter. But if I live every moment knowing that I'm a part of a bigger story and every moment is, am I demonstrating and declaring the risen Jesus? Then, then it it adds infinite eternal value to like, even the most mundane of tasks, even, and, and I think, I think realizing that and being like, okay, I'm here. I'm placed in this place. I went to work today for the glory of God to, um, and like I said, next week we'll talk about to be his witness. Um, and to understand that every interaction that I have and everything that happens is a part of this bigger story. If I make it about a smaller story, then that's when things get really frustrating because like we've talked about before, nobody else thinks I'm the center of the universe. Yeah. So if I think I am, then it's no wonder it's going to get very frustrating every day. And I think most of us would say, well, obviously I don't think I'm the center of the universe, but we do think our own story that we're living is the main story. Yeah. It's at least our main story. And, um, and it just, it, I think it changes a lot when you just kind of look at a situation and say, okay, did Jesus raise from the dead? Sure. Yes. Okay. Then do I believe God placed me here in this moment? Yes. Then I'm going to be as faithful as I can in this moment to, in the context of that greater story. Hmm. So if, um, you know, again, to use, use the restaurant example, if the, if the driving narrative is, I'm going out to lunch. Then when the food is bad, I send it back and I'm upset. And I like the whole thing has to be about me making the lunch, right? This is mm. so dumb, but I'm saying it anyway, <laughs> yeah. we, we took this horse out of the barn. We're riding it. Um, <laughs> I think is that, is that a saying? Is uh, that a thing? It, it is now. Okay. Um, we're, <laughs> then I think, but if, if in that, I think that no, the driving narrative is that I get to display the glory of God, the worthiness of Jesus, the mm-hmm. king, that the kingdom is real. Then when I get really bad service, I, that's the narrative I'm thinking. So now the, my main objective is to paint a true picture of who God is to demonstrate the worth and the value of the kingdom. And that just completely changes how I feel about the situation. Yep. It just, it completely changes changes it. I mean, radically changes it. We know that about everything else. Like there's a big difference in parenting between if my, if the driving narrative is that I get my kid to unload the dishwasher, I'm going to react differently than if the driving narrative is that I want to point them to Jesus and love them well and parent them. And then 
then what I do, the, the links I go to, the steps I take are going to be driving towards one of those stories. They're going to be with one of those goals in mind. And our, our, everything just changes when we, you know, when we do that, if, if when I'm preaching, if now that I've preached a 30 minute sermon and every note, everyone knows I'm capable of it. If I move forward (laughs) saying, okay, I'm preaching 30 minutes. That's the, the main driving force. I mean, we were talking about this, Robbie, that both of us, when you were in Dallas and when I was in Denver, we both knew churches that talked about having the 29 minute sermon or the 29 minute service. Yeah. Like, if that's your main goal, if the, if the narrative is, I want to make sure that we don't waste anybody's time and that we make this as efficient as possible, well, then when that 30-minute timer goes off, I just stop and yeah. sit down, regardless of what's going on. But if the the mindset is we, we want to declare the goodness of God and, and proclaim Scripture, and, and like if that's the story we're in, well, then that becomes our main goal. And then I'm not as worried if it's 33 minutes or 37 minutes or 31 minutes or 68 minutes, um, like whatever it is, like that's, that's my main driving thing. And we, we tend to, um, forget, I think, I think we just, I think it really is, it can be as simple as just reminding myself, wait, what's the story? Oh yeah. Jesus rose from the dead. He proclaimed the kingdom Hmm. and now I'm an ambassador in that kingdom. Like that's actually the reality I exist in. And and so now I want to just be faithful to that in any given in any given moment. And that's a that is a paradigm shift in perspective, right? Yeah. That changes how I view my job. That changes how I view uh, my family. That changes how I view politics. That changes how I view pandemics. That changes how I view you know whatever crisis, whatever issue. When when that is primary. And I'm actually looking through that lens that's going to change my perspective on all of those things pretty radically. And we don't have this nailed. Like we're not, I mean, I guess I, you didn't, you didn't agree with that. I don't have this nailed. Um, I, I think that it's important for us to remember that all of us struggle with this on a daily basis. Absolutely. And so that's part of, again, that's the community thing. So now we do this together. It's going to be the story of the early church is them reminding one another all the time of this greater story. And there are going to be times where you need to be reminded. And there are going to be times where you're the one that's supposed to be doing the reminding. But all of it is we're pointing to this greater story that is worthy. It is better. It is, it is, a. It, I mean, it's never, it's, it's never for our harm. Like it is a better story. And, and so we're always encouraging people towards that. And when we do that, then, you know, that's when we become a transformed community that has a real impact in the the culture around us. And I, I really love that, what you said earlier about the, we're not insurrection people, we're resurrection people. And it, it doesn't take much to look around the world right now and to see Christians losing hope in the resurrection story. Mm. Like we we very quickly, you can see what matters when we, when we want to ditch being resurrection people for insurrection people. Like when we, if our goal is to make sure everyone obeys these certain religious laws, well then our response is going to be very different than if we believe in the power of the resurrection to transform from the inside out. Hmm. And we, we declare which one we think is more powerful or a more powerful story. 
There you go. That man, that probably that's good. That's <laughs> that huge, probably man. opened up into a whole other can of worms. That was, we don't have time to talk about. I was about just going to so, say, you know. we're, yeah, that's a that's a whole another podcast. Yep. Um, and, and yeah, I want to I want to reiterate that that is all true, and that is huge. And and I want to reiterate, we are in this together. And so, if you're listening to this and you hear all this and you think, man, that's a that's a lot. I need I need help processing that or. Uh, or I feel encouraged or convicted by something in this. I just don't know what the next step is. We are in this together, and we want to serve you. We, we love the, the opportunity to be able to come alongside you and, and help however we can. We don't have all the answers, but we might have a couple, uh, and, and the ones that we don't, we'll explore and figure out together. So um, please reach out if, uh, if we can serve you in that way. Uh, we love you, church, uh, and until we... See you or you hear us again. Grace and peace to you.